Welcome to Pints and Politics. Joining me for this online discussion are three members of our regular panel. You know them all. First of all, property manager and businesswoman, Jenny Lancio. Then we have writer and math teacher, Tim Etherington. And closing out our roster, we have Peterborough This Week journalist and former mayor of Peterborough, Sylvia Sutherland. So welcome all and thanks for joining me. So this is October 1st, which means we are now two days post what I'm probably misnaming as the debate. So what were our reactions to the debate? Is there any consensus out there apart from the usual partisan divides? Oh, well, I think that Sylvia. It's Sylvia, yes, it's Sylvia here. I have been watching literally presidential debates since before probably at least one person on this panel was born. Before <laughs> that, I, I watched Kennedy Nixon, and I've watched well, everyone since. Right. And I have never seen anything like this. It was, to put it politely, a train wreck, a car wreck. It was not a debate. It was a disgrace. And a lot of people have, uh, you know, have attacked the moderator, Mr. Wallace from Fox News. It wasn't his fault. How do you control someone like that, like Donald Trump? And, and um, it, uh, you know, it, I, I, have, I have literally never witnessed anything as disgraceful as that so-called debate. And I've judged debates. I've judged, judged debates in high school. Right. And they were far more capable. <laughs> no, they really were. So the Lake yeah. was excellent. But but this this was an embarrassment to the nation, I think, really. Well, I, I saw a comment to the fact saying that the loser last night was America, was yeah. democracy. Yeah. yeah, Jenny, go ahead. This is Jenny. I felt like they both showed up for a completely different function, you know, Joe, as much as I love him, I feel like he showed up for brunch at the country club and Trump showed up for a cockfight and they kind of, you know, behaved accordingly. Like they were, it was like two totally separate events that they were at. I, I just, I never felt like Joe kind of got into the rhythm. I mean, I don't know how you could because all Trump did was yatter over top of him the entire time. I felt terrible that poor Chris Wallace, I think all he was doing was looking for a drink by about halfway through because he was so exasperated. Yeah. It just went like from bad to worse in like so instantly. I knew it was going to be bad, but I was shocked at how quickly that happened. Now, would would Bernie have done better? No, Bernie it would have been... pushed harder, I think. Yeah, Bernie would have pushed harder. I've heard this. This this has been going on in social media that Bernie would have done better. I think it would have been more awful with Bernie, and that's not a slight at Bernie, but Bernie Sanders' method of debating is to jab his finger and yell, and mm. that's all that would have happened. I, right. I agree with all of you. I don't know what any human being would have done, whether it be Biden or Wallace in that debate. Uh, that was Trump's strategy was, was to gum it up, um, so that worked well, I suppose, but mm -hmm. it didn't help Trump. Uh, yes, it was terrible. It was embarrassing. But as it's sort of, you know, debates, and you know, all of you know this, that a debate's like jello. It takes a couple of days to really congeal. 
and to a few couple shorthands. And, and Trump is wearing that debate and, and his behavior at that debate. No matter what the hot takes were that night, um, and we're seeing it in the tracking polls, uh, we're seeing it uh, in many places right now where he's actually, uh, he's being blamed for this right now in, in, in that. Um, and of course, we'll probably get into it, but there's always one or two sound bites that emerge from a debate. Uh-huh. And he got the worst possible one. He's now he and his his people are spending two days now trying to defend his defense of white supremacy. So it's yeah. this there was a wonderful there's Sylvia, go ahead. Sylvia here. There there's a wonderful humorist who writes brief little bits. If you subscribe to the New Yorker online every day, called Andy Borowitz. Mm-hmm. And Borowitz Borowitz's line today was as you may know the the um, Commission on Presidential Debates is meeting to try to change the rules a bit. Trump is right. probably not going to agree to any change. But Borowitz said that Borowitz tongue in cheek said they've agreed on one change which will make a huge difference to the conduct of the debates. And that is that Donald Trump is not allowed to participate. And, <laughs> and that there still will be two people present, which is a condition of the debates. The moderator <laughs> and and Biden. Oh. I think that probably is an excellent suggestion. Jenny. I think the only way that Joe could have dealt with it, and I can appreciate how the situation, how it just kind of rolled out of control, but probably his best approach would have been to look at Wallace and say, you get this under control and then I'll come back and turn off his microphone and walk away. And I I don't know that Trump would have known what to do in that circumstance. You know, and and Tim says that that Trump's actions didn't help him. Sadly, they didn't hinder him either because people that support Trump see Mm -hmm. absolutely no problem with that type of behavior. Jenny, you're absolutely right. And and there's there's never going to be anything that cleaves off the majority of Donald Trump's base. That they they actually cheer that kind of stuff and they were celebrating it. But that's that's not Trump's problem right now. Trump's problem is he is behind. He needs to add votes. Mm -hmm. And he's running out of opportunities to add votes. And that did nothing to add votes. He probably lost some votes at that debate. Not not huge. Not gonna cause a massive swing in the polls. But he's behind right now, and that didn't that didn't help him at all. I think, I think what he was hoping to do was he was trying to get Biden to lose his cool. He was trying to get him rattled. He was trying to get Biden to shout, stumble over his words, or walk away, or something like that. Um, I don't know what anyone does in that situation. I, I think Biden actually didn't do that bad a job because he is getting some praise for being the adult in the room, which is really all he has to do right now. I want to add one other thing. Is sure, that go ahead. Trump doesn't want the rules changed because there were a couple of occasions where I guess he needed to catch his breath for 40 seconds or something. And Biden immediately turned right to the camera and started detailing, uh, you know, very well organized policy statements. And that's his strength as a debater. That's why he beat Bernie Saunders so decisively in their one on one debate in the primary. Not because he's electric, not because he's great on television, although, you know, some people find Biden pretty cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Biden's strength uh, as a politician is he knows his stuff. Uh, he's yes. been at it for 47 years. He's very detailed. Very, you know, he can really speak coherently. And Trump did everything to thwart that. He did it rather successfully. 
But if they change the rules and they're actually allowed to talk unimpeded for two minutes about what they're planning to do, Trump's in trouble and he knows that. You know, so, what, yeah. one of, you know what one of Biden's really good moments was that would speak to a lot of women and men out there who maybe had made up their minds or maybe they had and changed their minds was this offensivist son. That moment yep. when that terrible man, I don't know who Bo Biden is, but you're talking about Hunter, he's got a drug problem, etc. Now that had to be for Biden, you know, to show the self-control. But his humanity, his defense of the son, I think that spoke volumes to a lot of people who maybe not were not that interested perhaps in some of the issues per se. Mm -hmm. But I think that did Biden a great deal of good with a lot of people, including perhaps some Republicans who were appalled at what Donald Trump did. Well, I I meant you you, you trigger a a question that's been uh, lurking uh, for weeks for me, Sylvia. Does any well, two questions. First of all, if I can ask the panel, uh, what are the current polls saying? And secondly, how big is that tranche of voters called uh, the the uh, anti-Trump Republicans? What are we talking about here in terms of percentages? Um, I, I, I don't. I couldn't give you a percentage on the anti-Trump Republicans. But traditional um, conservative voters, and we're talking middle of the road conservative voters that live in the suburbs, that are upper, in, you know, upper middle class. Uh, right. One of the key plank, key parts of the Republican Party, and one of the key parts of the Conservative Party in Canada, um, they are they are leaving Donald Trump for Joe Biden because Joe Biden is someone who they trust. He's acceptable. Sure, he might be a Democrat, and they are coming in in waves. Uh, you ask about the polls. Listen, this isn't how it's going to turn out election night. But currently, the last wave of polls has Trump behind in North Carolina, in Iowa, in Georgia. Um, we have uh, Biden's down only a couple points in Kansas. Um, and he's down a couple points in Texas. All places that are far and away not tipping point states. They're all states that Trump needs to win. Um, and the reason he's doing so badly is because traditional conservative voters have decided to vote for Biden because they don't think Biden's going to upset the apple cart. And despite their efforts, they can't paint him as a socialist because Joe Biden is not a socialist. <laughs> and, Tim, uh, Tim, would we would using what you just said, would we call these typical American conservative voters in Canada? Would they be red Tories? I suppose so. Or just I mean, it's skewed differently. But it's the same reason why the Conservative Party of Canada is having trouble building their support is because they're losing most of the suburbs uh, because suburban votes were traditionally conservative votes, um, not quite as strongly for Biden, but they certainly support Justin Trudeau as well. And this has been the the rightward shift in the conservative movement. North America has left behind a lot of people, people in my family, conservative family, and a lot of them have trouble voting for the the, the Canadian Conservative gotcha. Party are disgusted by Trump. But okay. these are people who have conservative values, right? Sylvia. Yeah, the other impact of how badly Trump is doing right now is the down ballot votes. Ah. And if you, I, it's just delicious 
see Graham in trouble. Right. And he is in trouble. He, it's tied right now. And his opponent, this wonderful guy, is getting money from all over America. Graham is short of money. And right now, Lindsey Graham is on his way out. And that, next to Mitch McConnell is and Trump, is one of the, would be one of the great. But you, down, down ballot votes, both for the Senate, the House, I think it's pretty safe democratically, but also for the governorships that yeah. are mm-hmm. And Trump, you know, and a lot of them are, were afraid to speak out against Trump because they're riding on his coattails, etc. I think there are some governorships will turn, and I think the Senate right now probably, unless who knows what's going to happen to now on November 3rd, but we'll go, we'll go, we'll go Democratic, and I think a lot of that rests at Trump's feet. So, right? Sylvia, are you saying both houses will go yeah, Democratic? Yeah. Oh. Add, to add some substance to that. Sylvia is absolutely correct. Um, there are, they need to they need to net three seats to tie the Senate and win the White House. That's how the four Democrats actually because there's a Democrat in trouble. That I said net. They have to net three. And and I was going to say they're going to lose Alabama. Doug Jones yeah. is going to lose. Yeah. But they are heavily heavily favored now to win North Carolina, Maine, Colorado, and Arizona. Those are the four states. Yeah. But they're in statistical dead heat Sorry. in Georgia. Both elections in Georgia, in South Carolina, as Sylvia points out, in Kansas, in Iowa, in Montana right now. Um, by the way, Sylvia, you appreciate this. Jamie Harrison is running against Lindsey Graham. I saw him on television yesterday, and they asked him about you know Lindsey Graham begging for money. He says, "Well." My mom always taught me not to not to pick on not to pick on someone who's crying. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, that's almost equal to that wonderful line about Ronald Reagan. Uh, uh, Ronald Reagan's line: "I'm not going to hold his youth against him." You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. change. These polls can can change. There's no doubt about it. But the other thing before we leave the poll question is, because again, everyone looks at the specter of 2016. And just a couple of things that viewers should know. If the polls are as wrong as they were in 2016, Biden still wins handily. He's that far ahead right now. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And the other difference is, is that when Clinton had a lead, it was, you know, 46 to 44 or something like that. In a lot of these places, Biden is pulling above 50 percent. And with all caveats, you know, we're 30 days out, a lot can happen. But if there was an election tomorrow, Donald Trump would lose. And was okay. there civil war in the streets? I mean, we have to worry about what happens. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, Sylvia, you're, you're, you're channeling my, my next question for the panel. Um, now, there are more and more articles, of course, uh, appearing every six hours about Trump's cryptic remark, uh, supposedly to groups like the Proud Boys, stand aside, but stand by. So what does this mean? I mean, how can we parse this? I mean, I think it means what he says. Mm-hmm. And unless unless Biden, unless there's a massive win for Biden, unless it's a Johnson-Gilbert you know, situation, mm-hmm. uh, that, that there's a huge win in the Electoral College. Because as we discussed before, the voters, when they go out on the 3rd of November, they're voting for the Electoral College. They're not voting for for the uh, – and there could be a lot of fiddling there. Yes. But, uh, no, I, 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 I said this, I think, several panels ago, and I certainly wrote – mentioned it in a, in a column. 
I think America could conceivably be on the verge of civil war. And 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 these guys are armed, the so-called militia. The, the guy who's head of the Proud Boys is also head of a group supporting Biden. And some, oh, no, take my words back, supporting Trump. Mm-hmm. And, and there really is danger, I think, of certainly bloodshed on this. And I don't want to be an alarmist, but you've never seen anything like this. And and even you wonder, even with a massive win in the Electoral College, what will happen the next day or two days or three days or a week later? And this is a terrible moment in America, really. I think in terms of electoral strategy, I mean, Trump's people would like to win the election, but they're looking ahead to the post-election. I talked about this in the last panel. Yes, you did. Yeah. How you walk through what they're going to do with state's attorney generals and Bill Barr. Um, but that's the game now. They don't actually – Trump, I don't think personally, is seeing the election as being what's going to determine it. He's marshalling all his forces. And Sylvia's right. They're not hiding it. Uh, the journalists – I saw the journalist media has sound on TV last night, and it put it best. He said, these guys are like Bond villains. They're telling us exactly what they're going to do. Listen to them. This is what they're going to do. Um, you know, I'm not I, – I, there's a lot of dark scenarios out there. And I agree with Sylvia that, that this is a distinct possibility. It's also possible that at a certain point, Trump gives up. But he's not going away. You know, he'll he'll find a way to profit off this somehow. And if he realizes that he can't hold on to power at the White House, if he gives up on that, he's going to step to the margins and be a, a very dangerous gadfly on the edge of American politics. And he's going to be a problem for the Republican Party until the day he dies. Or he ends up in jail. Well, I mean, how many women have now uh, taken or are poised to take legal action once he's no longer president? And there were not just not 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 only women, you know, his tax that whole oh. bit and there's more to come from the New York Times on his tax return. Well, so I, I'm curious as what Jenny thinks of all of this. Though. Yes, yeah. please. Well, you know. Like I keep saying, I mean, we all know that he's not a good person and that he's a misogynist and he's a sexual predator and he's a crook on his taxes. But the people that support him don't care. Like they just don't care. So instead of focusing on all of the bad things that he's done, the Democrats need to focus on getting their voter turnout. Oh, they did that too. Because if it doesn't really matter what all Trump has done, that's not good. If he can get more people out to the polls, that's all that matters. So focusing on all of the shady stuff that Trump does, it, it's kind of a waste of energy because the people that support him don't care. They are the definition Yeah, but there's not like, enough, Jenny. There's not enough people supporting him. But, and the question now know, is the, the validity of the ballot. four years ago, and nobody expected that either. No, the people that support him, it's like the definition of white privilege. Nothing he does offends you or affects you. And unfortunately, there was enough people that felt that way four years ago. And my worry is that they're like, whatever the polls are now, if they're like 30 days from now, that's old news. It's not going to matter. What's going to matter is on election day. And if the Democrats don't get the voter turnout, and by voter turnout, they have to have a huge margin five five it's five not gonna matter. 
They Sylvia. have to have 5 million votes to guarantee it. 4.5, this is at least according to New York Times columns. 4.5 million. Remember, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by 3 million votes. It depends on what states those votes are in. Yes. And and uh, But according to the columns of the Times, the name escapes me uh, right now, uh, that five million votes will give Trump or will give Biden a clear a clear margin with the Electoral College. With you know that's a five million vote plurality. Hillary Clinton had three million votes more than Donald Trump in the popular vote last time out. Right, but, and, but where's and I, Hillary? I think I think that the uh, I think even with the so-called base that Trump has. There were some interview. There were some interviews out of Ohio and a couple of other states today. Those people are beginning to weaken a bit, and even in the Senate, even even that spineless lot of Republicans in the Senate are, you know, even McConnell was saying, you know, he should have been clear on the white privilege thing on the on the, you know, on the and they're beginning to worry because I can see them them losing seats. But it, it's a matter of how, you know, whether or not. You know, the votes that get out, and a lot of them be mailed in, you know, what he can do to mess it up. No, Jenny's absolutely right about the unshakable base and and the way things played out last time. She's right about that. But there's a couple of details that need to be added to that. One is some of the mechanics in 2016 should be on the table for this discussion. And, And one is that there was a lot of late breaking votes for Donald Trump. I mean, he pulled off an inside straight winning those three states in the Midwest. The Comey letter had a massive effect. The people who didn't like either candidate broke for Trump something like 60, 40, 65, 35 at the last Mm -hmm. minute. Um, Right right now, the people who don't like either candidate are voting overwhelmingly for Biden. But the other key thing, and this is where Jenny's absolutely correct, is Trump won fewer votes in Wisconsin and Michigan than Mitt Romney did. He got fewer votes than, than and Romney lost both those states, but the Democratic vote didn't come out. Uh, right. Combination of complacency, uh, combination of some issues with uh, Hillary Clinton, some clear issues of misogyny. Um, right. Democratic vote was depressed, and and you're absolutely right. If the vote turns out the Democrats win, but I don't think Biden gets enough credit and his people get enough credit for being very shrewd tacticians. Um, they know now, all of this, right? <laughs> now, a, a question, if I may. Uh, I lived in the States from 79 to uh, about 82, 81, 82, 81, um, and got to know uh, one family I got to know quite well. The, the, the patriarch of the family uh, was with the U.S. Uh, Army Intelligence Corps, and um, was part of a, a liberation team that was in uh, a few hours after the frontline troops liberating a concentration camp. Um, you can imagine the stories. Uh, his affection for the military, this, I mean, of course he's gone now, um, and indeed members of the family uh it's almost like a religion so my question is if we were talking about pol- the politics of countries elsewhere in the world that where things were shaky someone on the panel said well, where's the military in this who are they going to support i never thought i would ask that question about the united states 
but here we are. No, who will they support private bone spurs? I mean, who, who's called their dead losers? I mean, will they stand behind him if push comes to shove? No. The military community in the U.S. is massive, not just active service people, but retired people. You're talking tens of millions of people. Oh, absolutely. Military voters, and um, they traditionally vote Republican. There's a huge swath of people in the military who quietly, maybe in an unexamined way, like the racist comments from Donald Trump. But um, it's there, there's a lot of obvious examples and data points that a lot of the military vote is drifting over to Biden because of his son's service, because of the things he's done. Today, General McChrystal, uh, a very prominent retired four-star general, came out and endorsed Biden. That's significant. If, if, if you may not recall, McChrystal. Um, oh yes, in, in Iraq. Yes. Yeah, but he 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 retired. He 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 resigned because he had lambasted Joe Biden when he was vice president, and it had gone public. He had made sort of private comments that went public, where he just tore a strip off Joe Biden for what he had done. And because of that, he had to resign um, from working during the Obama administration. He came out today and said, I know I'm the person who said all these things about Joe Biden, but I'm going to vote for him. I didn't know that. Sylvia. The, uh, and if you think about the guy, uh, the, I think the generals certainly are supporting Biden. And, oh. and will support the Constitution. You know, mm. it's, like, it's look, beginning to look like a banana republic. It's not quite there yet. Right. And Biden's comments about those Marines and about others who were, you know, well, they were losers. They died. You said Biden. Trump you meant to say Trump. Trump. You said Trump. you meant to say Trump, right? I meant I did mean to say Trump. Sylvia, bite your tongue. Leave the record. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I did mean to say Trump. And Trump's comments has have to be offensive not just to serving guys and women and men now but to, to their to their Families. sons and grand and, and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters and and wives of people who served in the past whatever war and 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 you see mrs mccain has come out in support of biden and his comment about john mccain you know i like you know guys who were captured oh, yeah yeah that has to offend. On that note, we should wind down here. Uh, so Jenny, uh, Tim, and Sylvia, thank you so much for joining me on this discussion. Uh, you've been listening to Pints and Politics, a weekly discussion program about all things political. We post on Twitter, at Bill Temp, and on our Facebook page, Pints and Politics Podcast. And we're also on iTunes and Stitcher. So until next week, this is Bill Templeman. 